Logenex launched in 2014, today doing 1.2 million bucks per month. That's up from 400 grand per month just about a year ago. They do this by serving 15 uh, companies that manage fleets of trucks. On average, these fleets are about 500 trucks. They charge 50 bucks per truck or per asset. So that's about 25 grand per customer per month. They've raised 10.5 million bucks to scale to where they're at today. Economics are healthy, less than 5% gross churn annually, 108% net revenue expansion annually. They've got a team of about 100 people based between Mumbai, California, and other remote locations as they look to keep scaling two or three X year over year. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dravil Sangavi. He's played a pivotal role in revolutionizing logistics with the use of data science and machine learning. He's been felicitated by Forbes as one of the top 30 under 30 achievers in 2017. He's also recognized by as achiever of the year in 2017 by Business World as he continues to develop his product, Logi Next. All right, Dravil, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nathan. You bet. Tell us about the company. What's Logenex do and, and how do you make money? What's your what's your revenue model? Uh, well, we are a SaaS company. Uh, we are focusing on optimizing movements for enterprises. Uh, so take, take it as uh, similar to how Google Maps optimizes your movements on a daily basis when you go from your work to your home, to your friend's place, and so on. We do a similar thing at scale for large enterprises. We charge them on a monthly basis for uh, the number of licensed users. Okay. And, and give me a customer example, just so I understand this clearly. Is you're helping them actually move office locations? Uh, no. Uh, so when we say we help them move uh, their, uh, you know, their, their assets, uh, what we mean is that we help logistics and supply chain companies move their trucking, their shipments, and so on. So if I were to just you know, uh, spend a couple of more minutes on what exactly we do, uh, we work with one of the largest retailers uh, uh, in the U.S., and we also work with one of the largest transportation companies in the U.S. Now, uh, both these verticals, they are pretty much the same from the logistics standpoint, where goods are moving from their warehouse to their stores and from stores to their home. Uh, right. And then especially with the advent of e-commerce, every customer is wanting faster deliveries. Right. I mean, Amazon has changed the world where people want things in like four hours, six hours, same day, next day. Um, so with having, having said all this, uh, the market trend has been going more and more towards uh, how do you really fulfill customers' needs by pushing shipments faster? And what our software does, it kind of aggregates multiple customers together based on their time preferences, location data. Uh, traffic information, available truck capacity, and so on. And we put a machine learning layer to it so that the routes become optimized and these enterprises fulfill their customers with shipments faster. Is this all the way from kind of the warehouse to the consumer or is it only kind of last mile? Uh, it's a lot of uh, different models that we have and we have different configurations for that. Um, so when we say logistics optimization, to most people it looks like one word, but honestly it's a whole complex world behind the scenes. Um, so that it could be last mile from uh, from a warehouse. It could be last mile from a station, which is a small sorting hub. Uh, it could be from store, right? So if you if you go to Target.com, when they ship, they don't ship it from their warehouse. They ship it from their nearest store. Um, it could be uh, you know grocery deliveries. It could be food deliveries when the food is coming from the nearest restaurants. Um, so there's so many different models uh, how the shipment arrives to you. Sometimes it's called drop shipping where. Uh, the shipment comes straight from the merchant and doesn't go to any of the warehouses. A merchant is somebody who's selling on a marketplace, an e-commerce marketplace. So we support all these different models and we are the only platform which has end-to-end coverage to make sure every logistics model is covered. And who is typically paying you? Who is your customer? Is it the actual product creator? Is it the shipper? Who is it? Uh, two kind of customer base. <laughs> one is shipper and one is carrier. As we call it, shippers are the ones who are uh, either marketplace companies, retailers, 
food delivery companies and so on, which are shipping goods. They may not be owning any assets, which we call it as, as drivers or trucks on the road. And the carriers are the one who are like, you know, uh, FedExes and UPSs of the world. Uh, there are tons of other trucking companies uh, in, in, in the U.S. across the world where they have their trucks. They have dedicated drivers working for them. And, and their job is to keep on optimizing their productivity, just like how Uber's job is to is to make sure all drivers are busy. Uh, and the, the busier the driver is, the more money driver makes and the more money Uber makes. Uh, we help uh, traditional offline transportation companies become similar to that. Okay. And you mentioned you charge as kind of a, it's a SaaS model. How do you how do you equate all this back to a SaaS model? Uh, so, well, we. We have, uh, what we do is we charge per asset. That means, uh, let's say if you have uh, a thousand trucks uh, across the U.S. and you want all these drivers to be routed via Loginx platform, you you want all these drivers to have Loginx app on them, uh, then you could just uh, pay us monthly on a, uh, for, for all those thousand uh, drivers. And uh, that would be our uh, revenue model. And well, just to be clear, it's not the driver, it's, it's the truck, it's the, it's the asset, right? Not the employee. It's the asset. Uh, so, of course, there will always be one driver in one asset, uh, but the user uh, cannot be a truck, right? So, let's say if there's a mobile app, it has to be installed into the driver's phone. Okay. So, then we charge per driver, not per truck. But ultimately, you know, uh, you will have the same number of drivers as the number of trucks you may be owning. I see. And what, and I'm sure this answer is going to be very complex. So I'm hoping you can simplify it for us. If I have a truck and I'm doing this kind of thing and I'll drive anywhere in the US, I mean, like, what would I, what's a, what's a, maybe an average of what I might pay you per month to help me be more efficient? Uh, well, we, we usually work with companies uh, with at least uh, 100 trucks in their fleet. So we do not really work with uh, any small or mid-scale providers. Um, and hence, uh, our minimum fees are like $50 per month per asset, as we call it. Okay. Um, and then these 100 uh, trucks can be purchased as minimum. Uh, usually, the range of, of the customers we have is starting from 100 truck owners to uh, 10,000 truck owners. And when we say truck owners, a lot of times they do not really own the truck because owning a truck is an expensive thing. Rent it. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times, in fact, uh, all these larger companies, they are aggregated models of trucking. Uh, so they really work with other smaller and mid-scale companies, uh, like a five truck, 10 truck kind of guys. And they push our software onto them so that they can be optimized, who are dedicated asset providers within the network of a large company. So that's the kind of range that we work. And what would you say? I know you said you you know you go as little as a hundred up to some with you know thousands. Get, get, I'm going to force you here into an average just to make our conversation simpler. Does the average customer that you have maybe say have a thousand trucks, or is it more like nine thousand? Our current is five hundred. Okay. Uh, so the majority of it is between hundred and five hundred. And because there are very few companies across the world who would be uh, having more than thousand trucks on their fleet, so that's roughly. So just just to have our statistics, right? Um, out of uh, the entire fleet of the U.S., ninety percent of the fleets are less than ten, 10 trucks. Uh, so that just directly leaves us with the ten percent of the market, and within the ten percent also, it, it goes from ten to thousand, which is the majority of it. And then there are very few companies who are owning more than thousand. It's, it's just a very common. The, the more trucks that you have dedicated, and the more trucks you own, the business complexity becomes uh, more and more uh, you know, higher and higher. Primarily because it's an offline world. It has always been you know about calling drivers, making sure they are doing their job well. Uh, there's tons of compliance. It does a tons of people and services aspect to it. Uh, so th- this whole world has been more and more or less offline. And that's when the whole, you know, driverless uh, you know, trucks kind of a, a new vision, which is coming up because the more drivers that you have, the more complexity that you, that you have in the business. And nobody wants that. 
So Drewville, just to be clear, at 50 bucks a truck, and if your average is call it 500 trucks, I mean, your average customer is paying you, call it 25 grand a month, something like that. But yeah, absolutely, yes. And that, that directly puts it into the enterprise space. Um, and why we prefer to be in the enterprise space is because uh, while you're focusing on SMB with enterprise together in our space, especially the whole selling model, the, the product functionalities, the configurations becomes vastly different. Uh, an SMB customer does not really care about complex workflows, integrations, uh, and training, change management, deployment, customization, and whatnot. Uh, versus an enterprise customer wants all of this and probably ten more things beyond it. Uh, they also want to talk to it's it's more high touch sales. Um, and uh, and in our space, we we have kind of you know become one of the uh, one of the only companies focusing on enterprise. But it also gives us a more uh, greenfield opportunity where we don't have to compete a lot with uh, a lot of other smaller software providers who are offering SaaS like pure play SaaS softwares, which can be purchased online. When did you uh, launch the company? What year? Uh, it's been uh, I would say close to four years now. Uh, we started back in the end of 2014. Uh, in 2015 is when we kind of, you know, raised our first round of investment. That's when we kind of, you know, started having our team, salespeople, marketing, and so on. Before that, we were just, you know, more bootstrapped. Drew, how, how much raised to date then? Uh, we have raised $10.5 million so far. Okay, all, all equity or was there debt in there as well? All equity. All equity, that's great. Uh, and then we, uh, just to, you know, kind of uh, share, share additional details on that, uh, we have an interesting split of uh, financial and strategic investors. And I've seen, um, you know, lately I've been advising a lot of uh, very young, young entrepreneurs. Um, and I, I see there's a big trend of a lot of corporations and strategic investors wanting to invest in innovation and in, in, in startups. Uh, and that always becomes a question on, you know, should we really make, uh, you know, raise money from a strategic or should we stick to financials and so on? And I think we, we have raised from both. So we have a good kind of balance there. Um, uh, so for all the listeners, you know, whoever is interested in talking more about, about financial versus strategic money, happy to, happy to spend more time. That's great. No, I appreciate that. And then um, as you've scaled over the past four years, again, you raised 10.5 million bucks. Uh, how many total customers have you scaled to? Uh, we work with uh, about 50 enterprise customers uh, as of now. And, and how many... If you define enterprise customer as someone with more than a thousand trucks, I bet you know the number. I mean, how many logos or companies are there in the you know in the world or the U.S. with more than a thousand fleet trucks? Is is your max like a hundred you know uh, customers or? Uh, no, so we uh, we would be uh, the total market size uh, across the world is about four thousand companies, and we already have made a list of all those four thousand guys. Um, that's the whole, uh, and when we say whole world, we really focus on Asia Pacific and, uh, North America. Okay. That's the only two markets we are in. Uh, we do not really aggressively sell in, in Europe or Latin, uh, and China, Japan, Australia kind of markets. It's, it's just, we are, we are not that big to kind of have a spread so wide. Uh, we do have a couple of customers in all these regions, but we don't, we do not really have any sales force or focus on these, uh, regions. Well, what's your total team size today? Uh, we are a total of a uh, hundred people. Okay, hundred. Um, and uh, and majority of these are tech guys. Uh, so we are a very sales slim company. Um, a, a rough split would be about uh, sixty tech, forty non tech. Okay, and, and where's, where's everyone? Success. Where's everybody based? Uh, the tech guys are majority based in Mumbai in India, and the sales guys are majority based in North America. Okay, um, where so we have North America? Whole, uh, like India, remote. US, uh, uh, no, so we have a we have a backend development center in Mumbai, uh, and our CTO and my other co-founder, uh, she is from Mumbai, uh, so she kind of uh, leads the whole development workforce. It, it helps us be more agile, be uh, more cost-effective, and be more flexible from a timing timing standpoint. Yeah, Juvel, uh, sorry, time, totally understand that. In northern in North America, though, are you remote or or all in one spot? 
Uh, and in North America, uh, we are uh, having a base in Fremont, California. Uh, we have an office in Chicago and New Jersey. Uh, but these are very small, uh, five, ten people kind of offices. Uh, usually, when we when you walk into office, you don't find anyone. Uh, we are always at the customers. So. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good thing. So, so rounding out kind of the economics here in the math, you, you mentioned earlier fifty bucks a truck. I asked you for an average. You said about five hundred trucks. So the you know you're very much in the enterprise space. Average customer paying fifty times five hundred or twenty five grand per month. Uh, you then mentioned you got fifty customers. If I multiply fifty customers times 25 grand a month, it puts you at about 1.2 million bucks per month right now. Is that accurate? That's correct, yes. Okay, that's great. And what does growth look like? So a year ago in October, call it 2017, what were you doing? Um, so we uh, we were uh, close to, we were doing um, roughly an MRR of about, uh, uh, I would say half a million back then or 400K. So uh, that's so what really, our MRR was. Uh, really healthy growth. Been growing about three, three. Has most of that growth? Yeah, I think we have been focusing on uh, one thing for sure, where we want to grow at least you know, twice or thrice every year. That's that's a strong focus. Everybody in, in the company knows about it and is, is busy working on that part. That churn's critical if you want to drive growth. What's your revenue churn annually today? Well, and, and that's why we choose uh, enterprise uh, space, right? The churn is, uh, annual churn is less than uh, 5%. And uh, this is more of a gross churn. If you see net churn is, is positive because we drive more expansion than uh, than. Construction. How far above a hundred percent are you? Like one hundred and ten percent, one hundred and twenty percent? I would say one hundred and eight percent right now. Net is eight percent positive. That's great. Congrats. Yeah. So if you have less than five percent, if you have less than five percent gross revenue churn annually, and you're expanding five those five points to make that up plus an additional eight, right? So you're expanding, driving expansion of about thirteen percent year over year for one hundred eight net. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yes. great. And what, when you are driving that expansion, what pricing axes are you using to drive higher price points? Is it just getting them to add more trucks or do you upsell products or seats? Right. As of now, we are focusing purely by setting more licenses of the same business unit that we had sold to. Uh, because typically when our customers go live, we are more into a land and expand model where they start with a, you know, a couple of cities, a couple of warehouses or regions, and then they would scale up into multiple cities, multiple countries. Uh, being an enterprise space, again, a lot of these logos are multinational organizations, so they also can, you know, scale up to multiple countries. So I think for the next couple of years, we want to be super focused just on selling more licenses and selling by jo- and, and expanding by geography. And, and beyond that, we would be having more upselling, cross-selling kind of opportunities. And talk to me about CAC. So what will you spend to acquire a new $25,000 a month customer? Uh, we usually spend about uh, uh, about ten thousand um, uh, dollars. That's that's our um, you know, minimum spend. We don't have a very formal CAC calculations, but ten thousand dollars is something that we do, uh, you know, including uh, the sales and marketing spend. And uh, the sales and traveling expenses are, at the, are over and above that, so we haven't really encountered that. So I think I think if we, if we you know put all together, it would it would come about twenty thousand dollars of CAC, including sales, marketing, spend, how much twenty thousand salaries, time, travel, everything. 20,000. Yeah. And this is a rough estimate. Um, yeah, this isn't um, the reason I'm asking is like that, that's, you know, a one month payback, right? If you're if you're spending 20 grand to acquire a $25,000 a month customer, a one month payback tells me that you actually haven't figured out a way to spend money to drive like additional growth. Because you if you have you would drive you drive your your payback period up to six months or 12 months or something like that. Right, absolutely. And, and that's one of the best parts about our model where we are not at all capital intensive. Um, and, and we are almost right now clo- reaching profitability. Um, so we are also, and when I say profitability, not the net, uh, the gross profitability, we are going to be a bit profitable very soon. 
Um, so, so yeah, this, this whole model is pretty efficient from the capital standpoint. That's great. Very good. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, the hard things about the hard things. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Jack Ma, who also happens to be our investors, investors. <laughs> That's a clever way to say that. All right. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? <laughs> um, wow. Um, I don't remember that, that name, but there was a website um, which has a lot of business tools available. I, I kind of forgot the name. I, I go there. I have, I have it bookmarked, but I, I, I forgot the name of that. Honestly. Jamil, just the, uh, the nature of the question is you should know it immediately because you, you would you would be using this tool every day. So like, what's a tool you use every day to grow the business? Um, HubSpot. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, eight hours. It's pretty good, especially because you're coming to me live, for, I think, from your hotel room in Austin after your after your conference, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, I always make sure I have to sleep. <laughs> That's great. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Married, no kids. Married, no kids. And how old are you? I am uh, turning 30 in the next six months. Ah, very good. That's exciting. All right, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, sorry, you, you said, what would my 20-year-old self do? What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, okay. Um, well, I, I wish I knew the value of starting up early. Um, we had an uh, we, we had an opportunity when I was in Carnegie Mellon, and uh, we had got selected in one of the incubators. We didn't even know back in 2010 uh, what a startup really means, and we we gave up that opportunity because we wanted to work for a corporate bank in uh, in New York. Um, so the the group of friends we went to New York. We did an internship in in uh, in, in Barclays and IBM and Ernst Young. Uh, and we gave up that opportunity. And I, I wish I knew the value of that, the, the opportunity cost of that uh, that lost opportunity. <laughs> Guys, jump into a startup faster. Loginex launched in 2014, today doing 1.2 million bucks per month. That's up from 400 grand per month just about a year ago. They do this by serving 15 uh, companies that manage fleets of trucks. On average, these fleets are about 500 trucks. They charge 50 bucks per truck or per asset. So that's about 25 grand per customer per month. They've raised 10.5 million bucks to scale to where they're today. Economics are healthy, less than 5% gross churn annually, 108% net revenue expansion annually. They've got a team of about 100 people based between Mumbai, California, and other remote locations as they look to keep scaling 2 or 3x year over year. Dreel, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nitin. Thanks for having me. Goodbye.